Rochelle Sports Holiday Podcast, uh, Festivus Edition, December 23rd. Uh, joined as always with Mead Considine. Mead, what's up, guy? Hey, how are you, man? Happy Festivus. Happy Festivus. Uh, me and Mead will be airing a special uh, airing of our grievances later, but that will probably be off air. <laughs> uh, so we got a bunch of things we want to talk about today. Uh, Rajon Rondo incident in the NBA. I uh, want to talk NBA, uh, what thoughts on the NBA, uh, football, what's going on in the playoffs. Uh, but first, I want to start off with talking to Mead because he went and saw Star Wars the other day with Ian. Um, Mead, was the Star Wars good to live up to the hype? Um, well, so on a scale of no one spoilers, to ten. Spoilers, just letting everyone know. Yeah, no spoilers. No spoilers. I won't do that to anybody. It's hard enough to avoid them. So. I heard Luke gets pregnant. Yeah, BB-8. Uh, they have a little, you know, they have a little sex scene, but no, <laughs> no, but it, it was, it was good. It was like, I'd give it on a scale of one to 10 of like expectations, how good it could have possibly been, how good of, I could have expected it to be. I'd give it like an eight, 8.5. So it was fun. I wish it could have been there. Our, it's pretty good for a movie in 8.5. Yeah. Well, it's, it, you know, nothing's a 10 out of 10 anymore, I guess. But what uh, you know, it had its one movie that's a 10 out of 10 besides Lego movie. Besides Lego Movie, a ten out of ten. I don't know. I could put, I could put Django. Maybe. Do you have any ten out of tens? You know, I think most people can agree. Agree, it's uh, Quentin Tarantino's uh, world. We're all just living in it. But yeah. I thought Django was overrated. But I Dang. think Glorious Bastards was one of the best movies. Of the oh world yeah, movie. yeah. You're a big Glorious Bastards guy. That's that's that's. Yeah, I mean, I'm Jewish too, so that plays into it. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's move on. Before we get into the NBA, uh, today, story of the week, maybe the story of the year, year. happened. Uh, Florida basketball player Zach Hodkins, uh, born without a left arm, born with only one arm, uh, well, walked like, on like, to the Florida uh, basketball team, yeah. Florida's first bucket against Jacksonville. Uh, that is just incredible, I think. I think if I was playing against a D3 basketball school, I could play 50 games in a season and March Madness, and I might not score all year. <laughs> right, uh, right. And the guy scored with one hand, pretty incredible. Uh, yeah, it's definitely – it's the um, it's a great example for, you know, yeah, you can do anything type story that you tell little kids and stuff. Because it's – I mean, he obviously worked really, really hard at it. And really hard, yeah. Yeah, I don't care that I only have half of one of my arms. I can still. Go I mean, it, it's just. I mean, not and not to step out of line, but I feel like it would be really easy to defend him. Like, it might be easier than defending me, but at the same time, like I just don't have the. I, I can't even believe it. The basket right. probably will just uh pull a move on the defender, drove to the basket, uh, banged in a layup. It's, it's just one of those stories. One of those transcendent sports stories. It's one, yeah, it's one of those stories where you look at it and you're just happy. You just, it's one of those stories where you probably see Sports Center running E60s about it for two, two, three years. Yeah, I remember Sports Center has the best of the best of their top ten, and I remember there was this one-legged wrestler who, right? He, you remember he was, uh, he pin, he was one-legged wrestler in like the NCAA championships, pinned somebody in like the first few seconds. Yeah. Uh, like, I mean, it's a little bit. He's for like fifty-two weeks or something. Well, that's a whole year, like fifty-two days or something like that. Yeah, no, yeah, that, that's a little bit different though, because that guy, like, uh, you know, he won the championship and dominated everybody. This, not to take anything away from this kid, but 
this this guy just scored a basket yeah. or whatever. But, yeah, but regardless, still, like yeah, it's still really it's still really impressive and it's a really good story. So um definitely glad we touched on it. Agreed. Uh good for you, Zach Hodgkins. All right, uh moving on to some uh less than inspiring topics. Uh biggest story in the NBA this year, uh starting to leak into the NFL a little bit. Uh but Rajon Rondo, the Kings point guard, often known for disrupting every organization he's at except the Celtics, and even the Celtics kind of. <laughs> uh, so uh, the referee, Rondo, got ejected from the game, right? Or, Mead, why don't you explain this? Uh, oh, yeah. So Bill Kennedy is the name of the referee. and well, within, what, what happened? Right. So what happened was uh, – he made a call and Rajon Rondo really disagreed with the call and got really upset and called him, you know, the gay slur, the F word. Right. Yeah. And that's like, that's not okay. So, you, you know, you throw him out of the team up or whatever. I don't, I don't remember exactly what happened, but threw him out of the game. He threw him out of the game before, I think. Before yeah. He got ejected. yeah and then once Rondo got ejected, he started cursing at him at Bill Kennedy. Right. That's right. Yeah. You're um, right. And, Bill Kennedy uh, recently came out uh, a couple days after the incident, came out as uh, gay. Uh, but from hearing just all around the league and everything, it sounds like everybody knew he was gay. Uh, everyone in the NBA family knew. Right. That's what makes it – that's why it's a really weird subject because it's like – so Adam Silver, um, it was a one-game suspension for Rondo, and he already served it or whatever. But it was weird because uh, – Bill Kennedy came out after Adam Silver issued the suspension. So for Adam Silver, for everyone knowing Bill Kennedy's gay and Rondo saying that to Bill Kennedy, Rondo probably knew Bill Kennedy was gay. Even less, Zach Lowe, uh, Zach Lowe or the, of the Low Post podcast says that uh, his sources from Boston said that uh, the they texted him right after and said that, yeah, he knew that he was gay. Right. Everyone's saying that he definitely knew. So, Knowing that he knew and then that he said that, that would probably garner a bigger than one game suspension. But since Bill Kennedy hadn't come out yet, is it really Adam Silver's place, you know, to say, hey, well, you can call a gay guy gay, you know? He's gonna- right, exactly. You don't want to be, as Adam Silver, you don't want to be the guy that outs him. So you kind of just got to take him to, you know, it's a. Really- as if it was saying that to a straight guy. Right. It, it would be, obviously, it's different, but. I guess that's another another debate to have. Is it is it different since he's gay? You know, does that make it worse? I think it does. Right. Well, the problem is that most of our generation calls everything you know gay or calls people you know the f word all the time. Right. Um, and that's just you know that's just because everybody does it doesn't really realize how bad it is. But you know, I bet Rhonda will never say that again. Oh yeah, no way. And I think that that definitely. Adam Silver said this on uh, Adrian Wojnarowski's podcast. He said that um, part of Rondo's, uh, you know, discipline would have been the public image, his public image taking a hit for saying this, you know, because that's like a huge thing that now you're the guy that well, he said that is right now, public enemy number one in the, N- exactly. in the NBA, in the sports world. Exactly. So, and th- what's really weird is that, um, this this is not the first time that this has happened to Bill Kennedy. I don't know if you remember when Kobe said the word. He was sitting on the sideline and he called him the exact same word, and it was to Bill Kennedy. So this is not the first time that Bill Kennedy has been facing, the, you know, this type of uh, uh, 
I don't know what you want to call it, <laughs> but yeah, uh, maybe oppression. Like right, right, right. It, it's it's, it's yeah. sad that it happens, but yeah. How long did so Rondo? What came out of this? Rondo got a one game uh, suspension. We'll talk about that in, in a second. But how? Just for context, how long was Kobe? What was Kobe's punishment? Uh, when that Kobe happened? was just so. This is the first time that someone's been suspended for doing this because other players have done it too. Joe Kim Noah said it. Said the same word to a fan, and both Joe Kim Noah and Kobe Bryant got just fines. And that was before that was before Adam Silver was commissioner, though. That was when so, David Stern was. I Silver. bet uh, not knowing really. Uh, but I bet that when Kobe said it and when Jakim Noah said it, that it wasn't that big of a deal to everyone else in the world. You know, we've just moved to, to a place where now it's like, all right, dude, it's like 2015. You can't be saying that kind of stuff anymore. It's, yeah, it's definitely, a little, it's definitely a little different. And I don't know, you know, the, the key thing is that in a, you know, you have to take it as Bill Kennedy got called that word in his workplace. And that's the way you kind of have to look at it. But it is a different workplace, you know? When you're – It's no other – you know, like you said, no other workplace. Of, it's like know, a sports it's a job. It's, it's like working at the office or something like that. Just instead of sitting on a desk or doing construction, you're playing basketball. Yeah, you, ca- you kind of have to look at it like that. But when, you know, <clears throat> your work is – insulin is, you know, everyone is really hyped up and, and uh, you know, you're running up and down. And So I don't know how – I'm sure that Rajon Rondo is not a bad guy. He just said the word. But when you're worked up like that and he's really upset, I don't know how I, you know, I wouldn't I mean, say that's that. That's what people yell. I mean, that's that's real. The reality is that's what people yell. They get pissed off and say, hey, fuck you. Hey. Like, right. You're, you know. So that's why you got to look at it and say, well, why couldn't Rondo, why couldn't Rondo have just said, you know, hey, fuck you instead of calling him a fag. So. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just touch on the workplace thing. That sports, uh, NFL, NBA, probably MLB, certainly MLB, uh, as far as political correctness, still stuck in the early 90s. Uh, it seems like it, yeah. I think I mean, no other, you don't go to your job and call, you know, just your coworker at a really high level, your coworker, you don't insult him, you know. Yeah, uh, the only place that language. you do that and not get fired. Right, exactly. If I right, if I said that at my workplace, or if I said that in any professional environment, I would get fired, and I should get fired. And I think it is different in that workplace, in the NBA workplace. But it's obviously still really bad. It's just it's a weird thing where it's like clearly unacceptable, but we kind of accept it a little bit more because it's like athletes and yeah, it's just a really weird. Subject. I think that. Do you think that Adam Silver did a good job in suspending him one game? Do you think one game was enough or too much? Or I think I know there's a lot of people that have the opposite thought process, but um, just like the Ray Rice thing, uh, I think when something like this happens and it's a big blemish on the league, on the association, you need to send a message to every other player, like, "Hey, we're not going to allow that anymore." Uh, I think it was too soft. I understand the backlash that would have happened if it was just because it has happened before. There's no precedent for a longer suspension. But at the same time, I think the league needed to send a message that that kind of stuff isn't going to be allowed anymore. Yeah, I know. What you, I know what you're saying in that. I think, but the the argument against it, I guess, would be that uh, it's unfair to that one player that gets made an example of. 
and and like the NBA Players Association did a good job. And you know, you don't want to fight for Rondo on this subject, but I guess you kind of got to fight for. Don't have his back, you know. Right, right, right. So the NBA PA I think did a good job in saying like being a good checks checks and balances between the NBA PA and the commissioner's office and saying hey. You know, he does obviously deserves a suspension or whatever, deserves a discipline, but let's not get, let's not make an example of him. That would be unfair to our client or whatever. So I understand what you're saying, but I do think that they do a good job of uh, being fair to every player individually. And they have to make sure that they're doing that, I guess. But I thought one game was, I thought one game was good enough. I think the next time it happens, it will be more than one game. Oh, absolutely. Cause it's like, hey, we just now. This was a message, whether it was a big one or not, but there I'm sure all players, teams, everyone's been notified, like, hey, oh, yeah. we cannot have this anymore. Yeah, th- th- this can't happen at all. And if it's if it's another player, I'm sure that they would get a handful of games. And if it's Rondo, I'm sure he would get a dozen or something like that. So and righteously, because this should be the this you know, this should be, should be the last time this happens. But who knows? I would imagine that we'll probably have another incident just like it, you know, a year or two from now. And we'll be, oh, we'll we be kind back. of already have had since that we've already had an incident uh, happened this Sunday. Panthers at Giants, uh, I believe it was at Giants. Maybe it's at Carolina. Who cares? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the deal, I'm sure everyone's seen it now. Odell Beckham just headhunting on Josh Norman. Yeah. Uh, you could see a little provocation from Norman in game, but definitely not enough to warrant what Odell Beckham Jr. did. Uh, if you haven't seen the highlights, you should just check it out. Just turn on your TV. It'll be on. Yes, yeah, seriously. Uh, new developments in that story is that the Panthers uh, brought a bat on the field and were, you know, calling him uh, gay, calling him a bitch, saying that they were going to end his career. Yeah. Um, the Panthers responded by saying that they bring a bat on the field every game, which is true. That's what I heard. But now there's video coming up of uh, Josh Norman holding the bat and an unidentified player walking over to Obel Beckham while he's doing the receiving drills and getting into his face with the bat before the game, um, which is why I can see this suspension being turned over. If, I mean, what the, if what the Giants are claiming is true, that yeah. is not a good look for the Panthers. Yeah, but, you know, I think that that's like a, hey, they were doing, they were intimidating me before the game. That's why I was headhunting during the game. Yeah. That's not a good, you know, that's just, it's like a very childish way of look, looking at it. If you're the Giants or you're Odell Beckham or whatever. So, uh, you know, they apparently bring this bat on the field for every game. It's a pregame ritual thing that they do or whatever. And how can you, you know, if I'm on a field where there's thousands and thousands of people around me, uh, like in the stadium or whatever. And uh, I don't really feel threatened by a guy holding a bat. Cause like that guy's not going to come after me when there's thousands and thousands with a bat, when there's so many people, so many witnesses, you know, like, and I don't really know what would be a good spot to hit somebody with a bat in full pads, but that's besides <laughs> the point. Yeah. So I think that I remember when I was watching, I watched red zone and when I was watching and I saw that, Clearly, Odell Beckham Jr. was really upset that Josh Norman was shutting him down in the first half. He was in his head, for sure. Yeah, so he when he – the one play that you were probably seeing over and over again uh, where he hits him head-on collision. After the play, just yeah. dives headfirst, spears him right in the helmet. Yeah, how can that – I don't understand. They obviously – objective. 
Yeah, how did he not get ejected? That's what I was saying. Every time they caught a ball after that, I was like, yeah, that probably he should be he shouldn't be playing in the game. I, it was really frustrating because it's like, you know, we got this mo- new movie with Will Smith coming out, Concussion, and that's going to open a lot of things, a lot of conversations about safety of players and the safety of the game of football and things like that. And this is not something that should be tolerated anymore where people are just – he clearly was going after his head, trying to, you know, knock him out. So – it's it's like there's no excuse, even if he felt truly intimidated by the people with the bat before the game or whatever. To me, there's no excuse for going after a guy like that during the game. And that's my opinion. Yeah, uh, I mean, I definitely agree with you on that side that what, what Odell Beckham Jr. did has no place in the game. But um, it there's a pretty strong belief that Odell Beckham is bisexual. Um, really? I didn't. I never heard that before. He is a football player, just like Rondo is an ath- a basketball player, and right. They get all. You know, he's not going to respond in the way that a referee is going to respond. It's going. He's that's going to get to his head, and you know, uh, you know, definitely make him angry. But like I said, there's no place for it in the game. But at the same time, there's no place for what the Panthers players did either. Uh, Josh think- uh, Odell Beckham Jr. gets suspended. I don't think it. Josh Norman should be suspended. I think whoever was the player in that video uh, or whoever called Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, gay or said they were going to end his career, he should be suspended also. Absolutely. I don't and think this should be. Right. I don't think quick banned all foreign objects like baseball bats being brought on the field from this point on. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Yeah, definitely, because that is that, again, is a big blemish on the league. Absolutely. And that's, that's really – it's not even necessarily – uh, you said at the beginning to rescind Odell Beckham Jr.'s suspension because of everything that's come out. I don't think they should do that. They should just find the guys that were saying doing bad things on the Panthers and fine or suspend them also. Because if you rescind Odell Beckham Jr.'s suspension, then that's basically saying, you know, hey, if someone's mean to you, you can go after their head and try to hurt them. So you don't want to do that. You you kind of just gotta try and find the people the other people that did wrong and. And suspend them also, but uh, do do you trust that you trust that uh, the league will will do the right thing? And, and absolutely not. The NFL league has proven multiple times that they cannot do anything right, cannot I, withhold upstand any justice whatsoever, or be objective in any process. What they want to do is sweep this under the rug. Yeah, that you're, I think I agree with you. I think that that's exactly what they'll do. They'll just say, "Hey, well, we suspended the guy that you know went after heads." That there were highlight videos of because the only thing we care about is videos. Right. So, it's just it's a shame that we can't really trust the NFL the way that you know I. I, I this kind of stuff and the Ronda thing and this OBJ Josh Norman thing is just happening. You know it. Right. It's, it's like going to happen. I don't see why they're they're not. They're not more prepared for things like this to happen. It seems like every time this happens, which is it's going to happen once or a twice. A lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it happens a lot. Like they're always like so surprised that things like this happen, and it's like it, things like this happen. You should be prepared. So it's weird. All right. Well, let's move on. Uh, let's jump back into the or let's stick with the NFL uh, real quick. The NFC playoff picture more or less locked up. Uh, the division leader, Carolina, or uh, Carolina is already won and clinched their division. Arizona, same deal for them. Um, and the NFC East, who really cares about? It? Looks like the Redskins are going to win. 
maybe the Eagles now. Who cares? They're not going to do anything. Uh, <laughs> and then the the Vikings or the Packers in the NFC North, and then whichever one doesn't win, the Vikings or the Packers will be a wild card along with the Seahawks. So not a whole lot to talk about there. Uh, the AFC, on the other hand, is starting to open up a lot. Um, I'm looking. I'm looking for uh, for the Steelers to lock up a spot in the playoffs here. They got a couple of easy games down the stretch. They got Baltimore and Cleveland. I'd expect them to, to you know, win the, both those games. I'd like to see them slip into the the wild card here. They both actually, of the teams are very bad. What? Both of the Ravens and the Browns are very bad. Although uh, Johnny Manziel actually fallen out in the last couple in the last week. I've seen that. Yeah. So right now, AFC playoff picture looks like the Patriots first, Bengals two, uh, and then you got the Broncos third seed and the Texans in the fourth seed. Uh, Texans are Colts, and then you have the Steelers and the Chiefs in the wild card. My preseason AFC Super Bowl representative, the Chiefs, I think have locked up a wild card spot. They won ten games straight. Uh, they're looking really good. They're riding that momentum in the playoffs, but um, with only two games left. How do you think the AFC playoff picture turns out, Mead? Oh, well, I think that, you know, with Andy Dalton's injury, I think that Denver will slip into that two spot and get a bye, and then, the you know, the the Bengals would slip back into three or the four or whatever. So you uh, don't think the Steelers can – can the Steelers ever take the Bengals? They actually – they can win. If the Bengals lose out, if the Bengals lose the last two games and the Steelers win their last two games, uh, from what I heard – we can the Steelers can win the AFC North if that were to happen, but I don't imagine that. So at this point, it's the Steelers or the Bengals in one wild card spot, and then the Chiefs or the Broncos in the other wild card spot. No, no, no. The the, the Jets are still right there. The Jets are the uh, the seventh team there. So it's it'll probably it's Jets lose yesterday Sunday. I think the Jets were Jets played the um didn't the Jets play the Cowboys on Saturday night? Oh, you're right. Yeah, that's why it's weird that they. I don't. Do you know why they played on Saturday night? By the way. That, yeah, I. They always have these extra games because there's no bye week. Oh. Um, but it doesn't make sense because there's no bye week in the previous games. But uh, <laughs> they want all the games are like really important this time of year. So the NFL likes to show all of them, uh, rather than having like six games at one o'clock. You know. Right. That makes sense because I always hated that during red zone. You'd have way too many games at 1 o'clock, and they did a really bad job. They would have, like, two games at 4 o'clock. Siciliano is horrible, I think. I know it's an unpopular opinion, but I want Drew Hansen back. He was the best. Or Scott Hansen. Scott Hansen. Scott Hansen. Yeah, I like I like Scott Hansen. Siciliano is, like, he's always, like, a, a lot behind. It didn't used to be like that. Yeah. I, yeah, I know what you mean. But Red Zone, I've kind of um, – I love Red Zone, though. I'll never stop. I'll never stop loving it. With when watching Red Zone, I now can't watch like football, like a, a actual football game. It's tough, even yeah. when the lines are playing. It's like, oh man, I wonder what's going. On. Just give me like the action, you know. Yeah, that's, football is like a broken product, kind of, and we're all addicted to it, and we'll always watch it. But yeah. you know, the NBA is action the whole time. Um, hockey is action the whole time. The NBA is only eleven minutes of action in a two and a half hour window. Right, or the yeah the NFL, it's 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 just tough. Like I found myself watching the Steelers, and it's like really really important that we win like, against the Broncos and stuff. 
and you know I should be cheering super hard for them to win and cheering super hard for these other teams to lose and stuff. And then like I'll watch them just a game not red zone with other stuff going on. And I'll be like, this, man, like I'm not that interested. It's it's weird that, that when you get such a better product, now you can't enjoy what you originally enjoyed. You know what I mean? When you oh yeah, I love red zone so much, and now what I always loved about football, I don't enjoy. It's it's a weird phenomena. But, yeah, that's why I've adopted a two TV lifestyle. That's the best way to go. Five game on one, red zone on the other. Uh, can't beat it. So uh, let's uh, wrap up here with some NBA. Uh, 76ers, whew, they're bad. Uh, in the last 30, 30 games, they're 1 and 29. Uh, first, team. What, first, what? first team never start 1 and 29. So. Uh, if for everyone who doesn't follow NBA, what the Sixers are doing is called tanking. They're losing all their games trying to get the first overall draft pick. Uh, NBA draft picks don't work like the NFL. There's a lottery that prevents the worst team from getting the first pick every year. Otherwise, every team would tank. So the Sixers will be the worst team in the league this year and only have a 25% chance to get the first overall pick. Um, they've been tanking for the last three or four years, and they'll, they're going to keep tanking for at least one more year or two more years. Um, I don't know. This this might be the last year that they do it. If they can get – so I've heard that too. Uh, I don't know if you know about Ben Simmons, but um, Ben Simmons is like a transcendent talent that if you get Ben Simmons, like you got to stop tanking. Like you got your guy, and and they should they should start trying to win. But – yeah, who knows? So but what do you the thing with the lottery is that they're not guaranteed to get the first round pick, uh, first overall pick, and people like me who think that the NBA lottery has is influenced by other uh, outcomes. I think the Lakers might get it. Uh, the Lakers? Oh yeah, because of course. So just because there's always been a theory that the NBA lottery, uh, you know. Fixes teams like when Cleveland lost LeBron, they just happened to get the first round, pick, first overall pick. Well, when LeBron was so LeBron's from right outside of Cleveland in Akron, and when LeBron was going to be the first overall pick, the Cavaliers got the first overall pick. And in the very, the very first lottery, uh, Patrick Ewing. So the Knicks are this huge NBA franchise. Patrick Ewing was going to be the first pick. He was this huge, huge talent, and. The, the Knicks probably weren't going to get the first pick, but got the first pick. And it's just every year it seems like there's an expl- there's there's an explanation to, hey, this is why it's fixed. This is why this team got the first pick. But the likelihood that it's fixed is very low. Uh, if it was fixed, people would know. But I agree. If there is any influence, uh, it can go one of two ways. Uh, firstly, the NBA could say, all right, Sixers, you suck for so long. Like, you were just – you need this pick, and then you need to stop sucking. Right, so – Or um, they can say, we don't want to have this Sixers team be a model for future teams to rebuild. So we won't give you that pick. We'll give it to the Lakers, who are a big market, need another star because Kobe's retiring. Right, that's – that. I mean, so there's always going to be an explanation for, for why it's fixed. But personally, I don't believe it's fixed. I don't know. I don't know what you believe about it, but uh, do you, I guess a big um, debate, a big conversation uh, that we hear our boy Zach Lowe talk about on Low, po- Low Post podcast every once in a while is how do you solve the problem of teams like the 76ers tanking so hard? 
Like, is there any reformation that you would consider that um, that you to think prevent teams from tanking? Right. Exactly. So what the recent proposal was is that every team in the lottery, every team in the top seven or five, or they all get the same percent chance to get the first overall pick. Right. All so every team that every team that misses the playoffs, the, the fourteen teams that miss the playoffs would all get an exact same chance of getting the first overall pick, right? And yeah. then getting so, and, and subsequently. So the problem, I guess, the problem with that reformation would be that then you'd have teams that are borderline. Uh, you know, eight seed not going to make the playoffs, then would be like screw being the eight seed and then losing to the Cavs in a four game series. But on on that note, uh, the tanking from the eighth seed in the West to the just one spot out of the playoffs in the West is hugely different than yeah being competitive and then fielding a team that the Sixers field, which is not competitive. Uh, right. I think that. The Jerry Colangelo signing by the Sixers. So Jerry Colangelo is the general manager of Team USA Basketball in the Olympics. Yeah, he's a president. He's president. Yeah. Um, there are some thoughts that the league uh, pushed for the Sixers to hire him so the Sixers could get some, uh, you know, role players. Right. So you'll see – so Jerry Colangelo – uh, is now like the president of basketball operations for the Sixers. So that's not as high as Sam Hinkie, who's the GM, and Sam Hinkie is the guy that's like the mastermind behind, yeah, let's tank, like this is a great idea type situation. And Jerry Colangelo, it's un, it's unclear whether Jerry Colangelo is just another mind to say, you know, hey, that's a good idea, hey, that's a bad idea guy, or if he's a new guy that might, you know, take over way more of the operations uh, – than Sam Hinkie, and Sam Hinkie is now the guy in the background. It's unsure, it's unclear of whether that's what's the case, but I think that we'll know we'll know what the case is at the end of this year. If the 76ers go out and sign a couple mediocre role players, if they sign like uh, oh, I don't know, like Markeith Morris type player, like players that are clearly not going to help them go and win a championship or even be a decent uh, playoff team, just like kind of helping. You know, at least we're trying. We're trying to win. Yeah. Then you'll now mean right. That'll mean that Colangelo is definitely pulling way more strings than Hinky. But if they come out, if they come out next year in the free agency and and they're signing, uh, they're only chasing after star players, only chasing after really really young players. Then we'll know that Sam Hinky's ideas are still in the forefront for the Sixers. But it it won't be clear what the case is for a little while. I think. Yeah, I I like what the Sixers are doing. I understand why people don't like it. Uh, I don't think there's anything you can do to stop it. it especially with uh, small market teams that need – that won't get a big-name free agent to come to them. They need the draft. They need to be able to tank someday. Right, like the Thunder. There's no way the Thunder would be good right now unless they drafted all those guys. Unless the, they Clippers, drafted the Clippers are the first team to tank uh, – under uh, the racist owner, his name escapes me. That oh, Sterling, Sterling, that got excommunicated from the NBA. Yeah, uh, that's how they landed Chris Paul. That's how they landed Blake Griffin. I think. <laughs> right. It, you know, when you're when you're not a very good team, the way that you're going to get star players to come is if you draft a good player, and like the Clippers did with Blake Griffin, and then people are like, hey, you know, Chris Paul's like, hey, 
I'll come play with Blake Griffin. Let's figure it out. Because you're not going to get players to come. You know, the Sixers recruited this past year. They recruited Jimmy Butler and Kawhi Leonard and one other player. Uh, so, like, you know, because those are star oh, players. Like, you know, well, players. Well, they, weren't, they weren't able to get them. So you don't want to say, okay, well, we can't get that guy. Let's go get Markeith Morris. That's not going to help you. So it, I understand the process. And I understand what's, what's happening. But it's kind of embarrassing the product that they end up putting out on the floor. Where you're embarrassing going, for the team, embarrassing for the fans, the city, and embarrassing for the NBA. Exactly. But necessary evil. Um, I think they're going to be good someday. I think they'll be – I think they'll – They'll figure it out, especially if they get Ben Simmons this year. If they get the first pick and they get Ben Simmons, they'll, they'll be a good team. People want to come play with Ben Simmons because he's a passer. They, they, they compare him to LeBron. He's not just this. There are point guards that uh, Russell Westbrook will be a free agent in a couple of years. They'll have every piece but a, a point guard. Yeah, that's their main problem right now is their point guard. They T.J. McConnell, undrafted player from yeah. Arizona, is the guy they're starting every night. and. It's just a weird – the Sixers conversation is a big, long conversation. But uh, I, I think that uh, I think that they're going someplace. What do you think? I guess you do too? Yeah. I, I mean, if you get Simmons, it could turn any team into – the Nets could be a contender with Ben Simmons. Yeah. Well, uh, not, not the Nets. I don't not, not this coming year, but, you know, he's a, he's a foundational piece that other players want to come play with. So, on the other end of the spectrum, uh, the – the uh, Golden State Warriors are just good. Yeah. Uh, there's not a lot to say about them other than they make every shot. Uh, they yeah. play great, efficient basketball. Steph Curry, transcendent, uh, amazing talent that we will never see anything like this. This two-season stretch that is happening is the best two-season stretch by any player ever, for sure, in my opinion. Um, man, they're good. What do you think? Well, uh, they they did lose a game though. They're not undefeated anymore. It, this, I guess it's incredible that that's what we're that's what we had to say. They finally lost a game. Like maybe they're losing. Yeah. Well. <laughs> well, what's really funny is that uh, they lost a game, and then like no one had anything bad to say about them. But they lost a the game, and then you try you try and find something people people saying something bad about the Warriors. Now you can find it because people were just waiting for. For a bag, hey, the Warriors aren't nearly as good at defense anymore. Yeah. Like, yeah, well, they're good enough. They're twenty six and or twenty seven and one. Who even knows what the hell they are anymore? They won too many games already. <laughs> but it's I just, I, honestly, truthfully, I'm the the uh, Warriors are becoming a lot like the three or four years ago LeBron, where it's just all over T uh, Sports Center, all over all these sports websites all the time. It's like so I get it, they're good, <laughs> like. Right. So, oh, let's talk about someone who's not as good. Uh, Steph Curry, easily the front runner for the MVP right now. No questions asked. Uh, how does the rest of your ballot fill out for the MVP of the NBA? Uh, second, third, maybe fourth spot. Uh, well, I think, weirdly enough, obvious comeback player of the year, number two on the spot might be Paul George. Paul, Paul George is like – Every time that I watch the Pacers, I'm like, oh, my God. What are the Pacers at in the East right now? Pacers are middle of the pack in the East. But the middle pack in the East for uh, the playoffs standings, they're like fourth or fifth, I want to say. But uh, – which is pretty good considering the East is now not as crappy. Whoa. But uh, 
That's why the NBA is good this year because the East is good. There's a lot of competitive teams. There's, but easily for me, second spot is LeBron. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Obvious choice. Right. But you got to look at uh, you got to look at Ka- what Kawhi Leonard's doing this year though too. He's another guy that's right there. The Kawhi Leonard, uh, unanimous defense player of the year in my opinion. Oh yeah. Once again, he'll go back to back. He'll go back to back. Holy crap! <laughs> but, but just like me in in fantasy, but we'll we'll get to that later. Uh, Kawhi is shooting. I don't know if he's still shooting. But I know he was shooting sometime in the past week, fifty percent from the three point line, like, and Kyle and, Corver numbers. Yeah, Kyle, yeah, Kyle Corver numbers, Luke Babbitt numbers. Holy cow! Yeah, <laughs> but uh, uh, and he's he's probably the best player on one of the three best teams in the league. So you got to give him a little bit of love. But I do think yeah, you're, I like Kawhi more so than Paul George for sure. Yeah, Kawhi is Kawhi is a special player. He's he's really starting to become. You know, a couple years ago when he won Finals MVP, it was like, yeah, he's a pretty good player or whatever. And then he was like, yeah, he's really good at defense. Like he shut LeBron down, just right. like Andre Iguodala. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he shut LeBron down way better. But he than actually LeBron. did shut LeBron down. Yeah, he actually did. So he was the difference in that series. So he deserved the Finals MVP, and it was like, yeah, he's an alright player. But now it's like, yeah, he's one of he's probably definitely one of the ten best players in the league. Maybe one of the five best players in the league. Who knows? Time will tell, I guess. Uh. Draymond Green, top ten player in the NBA too. You think so? No, but <laughs> that's, that's, the talk. that's been the talk recently that uh, Draymond Green. If you're gonna win a game, you want Draymond Green on your team. And I'm like, where do I want him? Like <laughs> coaching, like <laughs> mascot. He's like a. I don't know how he's good, but I guess he is good. Definitely not a top ten player. But no, he's not. He's uh, not definitely a top ten power forward. Clay Thompson. Probably the best shooting guard in the NBA. Uh, Objective. There's not a lot of good shooting guards. Huh? There's just not a lot of good shooting guards. I think Jimmy Butler's better. Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler kind of plays a three, though, don't you think? He plays a three, but on the Bulls. He's a three. The Bulls run at the three when Jimmy Butler's in. Well, when Jimmy Butler's in, he's often playing the two, but he is more of a three. Well, who plays the three when Jimmy Butler's in? Usually Dunleavy, but Dunleavy's been injured. But now it's Snell. Oh, well, that's why I thought that uh, – because yeah, Snell plays the two. I think – well, the way I see it when I watch the Bulls, Snell usually guards the better wing player on the team that they're playing, which is weird. So, <laughs> therefore – Therefore, Snell at the three. That's how I see it. And Miritich plays at the three, too, a lot. Miritich just got benched. He sucks kind of now. I He's wish not, he was good. I thought he was going to be good, but – Not as good as last year, but it, I like Miritich. I, don't sleep on Miritich. I got a lot of confidence. Uh, do the, who ha, in the East has a shot to upset the Cavs? Nobody. Nobody. Uh, I'm in agreement. Uh, you got to look at the Raptors, maybe. Nah, you don't got to look at the Raptors. The Raptors don't have LeBron. It's like the the Cavs are – The more Carroll shut LeBron down against the Hawks last year, people forget that. Man. They, the Cavs did sweep the Hawks, so – I don't know how fair that is. <laughs> how fair of an assessment. The Hawks were one of the best teams. Hawks were first seed, right? Yeah, Hawks were the number one seed. Hawks were really, really good last year. But uh, the Hawks are not. LeBron. Uh, I think the Raptors are okay. I think the Bulls are overrated. Uh, the Hornets. Uh, the Hornets are good this year, dude. Hornets are really good this year. But they're, they're not, they're not uh, you know, win the East good. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree. I, I think it'll be uh, – Cavs, Warriors, and worst case, Cavs, uh, Spurs, but not much difference this year. Then, yeah, that's 
That's, I think I would bet a lot of money on that. It's either going to be Cavs Warriors or Cavs Spurs. I would bet yeah. a lot of money. And I'm sure the payout wouldn't be very good. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> All right, well, let's just wrap this up. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I run a fancy football league with all of our boys from Middletown. Uh, last week, I defeated Howie in the semifinals of our 12-team league. Uh, Mead defeated Albert Mathias. So we've got defending champion Mead Considine against uh, defending eighth seed Austin Rochelle. <laughs> the commish. The commish. Uh, commissioner. Uh, a lot like Kevin from the league. <laughs> just kind of suck. I had no – my team was ass this year. I can't believe I made the finals, but I did. And yeah, I you got uh, Projected to lose by like three points, but I, I think it will be a good game. I'm riding my Lions to victory. Uh, Lions defense at San Francisco, Matt Stafford at San Francisco, Calvin Johnson at San Francisco. Yeah, that's a uh, – you're definitely banking on some Lions good performances. They're good. They're good. Uh, I'd be very happy if I won. I'm just happy to be here. Uh, I'm happy that uh, I'm going to win over 100 bucks minimally. Right. So you got to be happy with – yeah, Me just being was dominant throughout the year. Didn't lose a game till like week nine, and my team didn't win a game till week five. So <laughs> I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. No, you got a good team, though. You still got – You know, they're really coming on strong here at the end, but we'll – Right. See. You got Gronk, and you got Latavius Murray. And Ted Ginn. Ted so, Ginn's my best player. Yeah. So, so you got players you could – and especially if my players don't perform very well, you could easily, uh, you know, steal a championship from me. So, so we'll see, though. All right, we'll see. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, happy Festivus. Happy Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Uh, happy Kwanzaa. Uh, everything else. Me, <laughs> uh, what are your plans for Christmas this year? Um, I'm going to work. Cool. At, at Exxon. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to open presents in the morning and then – do regular stuff like it was just another day. Yeah, yeah, that's I feel like that's pretty much what everybody does. So <laughs> All right, buddy. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas, buddy.